0: So here's, here's number one. Hybrid automobiles have always been mass-produced. For the gradu- It's kind of, kind of an interesting thing, right? So you kind of see where this list is going. Uh, they've always had Google. G- Google's always been there to organize the world's information to make it universally accessible. They've never licked a postage stamp, which is just, that's, a, that's such a shame. You know, it's a rite of passage uh, to write a letter and lick the, yeah. They have grown up treating Wi-Fi as an entitlement. Can you imagine life before the internet? You know, some of us can't. The NCAA has always had a precise means to determine a national championship in college football. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? And it's working amazingly, right? Yeah. Thanks for showing up, Notre Dame, making it a game. All right, their parents have, (laughs) my bad. (laughs) Their parents have gone from encouraging them to use the internet to begging them to get off of it. If you say around the turn of the century, they may well ask you which one. That's kind of mind blowing. When they were born, cell phone usage was so expensive that families only used their bag phones, usually in cars for emergencies. I had one in my car. Teachers have always had to insist that term papers employ sources in addition to those found online. A book. <laughs> TV has always been in such high definition that they could see the pores of actors and the grimaces of quarterbacks. I mean, that's, that's kind of, I mean, I mean, this is just 10 out of 50, but that's kind of, you can see how like those kinds of things would shape your life experience, how it would kind of frame how you view the world and how you've experienced it, and, and all of us have some sort of mindset list. All of us have something like that that kind of informs how we interact with and view the world. And all of us you know, look at the generation before us or the generation after us and think, oh man, how in the world could they live life this way? Or I can't believe they haven't had these experiences because it seems so transformative uh, to us. And so one of the things I think would be even more beneficial than just giving this list to college professors to help them understand their students is to have some sort of I don't know, seminar for incoming freshmen for them to hear this information and kind of understand that they have a choice in how they experience the world. That maybe if they're more informed about how they've grown up and kind of the circumstances that have surrounded them, that they don't have to guide everything that they think and do. That there are actually some frame of references that we can use to kind of make better decisions about how we're going to move forward in life. And so helping to, you know, uh, understand where we come from help, helps us to understand what we need to do to get to where we're going. One of the great things about evaluating ourselves is that it gives us perspective for the future. And I'm not a huge fan of making New Year's resolutions. I don't, is anybody like every year you make resolutions? All right, about the same amount of people that, that do in the first service. And we just kind of agree that the reason we don't make New Year's resolutions is because we know we're not going to follow through with them, right? So we've just given up, is is what we've really done. That's why we don't set goals for the new year, because we just know that we're not going to do anything about them. We kind of know ourselves. The excuse of starting a new year only carries but so much power to it. And so while I might not be a a fan of making those resolutions, I, I think maybe, hopefully, by the end of this message, you might consider making one or two goals. Because one of the things that's really valuable, I think, more so than making resolutions, is understanding our why behind the goals that we have for ourselves in this life. Like why, why do you choose the thing? Why do you want the things to change in your life that you want to change? Why do you want your circumstances to improve? Why do you pursue something different than what you already have and why it already exists? What's your motivation for things that you do and things that you seek out in your life? because maybe, and maybe your mind works a little bit differently than mine, and, and that's perfectly okay, but one of the things that I I just don't get and is not going to motivate me is to do something just for the sake of doing it. Like, that that's just not me. So, you know, if it comes to, you know, I, I want to lose a little bit of weight, or I want to save more money, or I want to better my friendships and relationships this year, maybe I want to spend more time in my Bible, or I want to pray more, or I want to give more, or I want to share Jesus more. Like, just Feeling a sense of obligation for doing that, or maybe somebody put it on their list, and so you figure, oh, I might as well do something, and so I'm just going to do it just to do it. Like that's not the thing that's going to get me there. I'm not going to get across the finish line if I don't have a good reason why I'm going to. I need to do or want to do wh- what I want to do. But with the right motivation, the right why, the right why behind our goals, I think I, I know I am. I'm more likely to set myself up to be more resolved in achieving or changing things in my life. In fact, uh, one of the things that we understand as Christ followers and how we're called to follow Jesus is that this type of motivated um, goal setting is kind of pre-built into us as followers of Jesus. Listen to how Paul uh, writes about this to the church of Colossae, to the Colossians um, in chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 as he encourages them to live out their faith on a practical level. This is what he writes. He says, "...since then you've been raised with Christ. This is your motivation. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory." And Paul is about to get much more specific about what this change in life, what it looks like to have our hearts and minds set on things above rather than on earthly things. But the, things that he, the thing that he points out that is the foundational most important thing is that Jesus is the motivation, is the motivating factor for our life. Like that, that is the thing that everything else flows out from. Our accomplishments, our goals, our resolutions, our desires ought to flow out from this truth is that Christ is our life. And we can tell when Christ is our life and is the why for what we seek to accomplish in in our our lives by how we choose to set the tone for how we live our lives and how we prepare. I mean, all of us would agree as Christ followers, as Christians, that Jesus ought to be the one who sets the, as followers of Jesus, that Jesus should be the one that sets the tone for us in how we approach our life. But we don't necessarily have, uh, you know, everybody doing the same things right? I mean we look at Christianity across the globe and everybody's got it different ways and how they live that out. I mean we don't all, all, all of a sudden have the same execution even though Jesus stays the same in the midst of all of that. And I think the reason for that is is because we all have varying beliefs on the responsibility that we have for the direction and quality of our life not 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 all of us are necessarily believe that we have as much control or influence that we do on the direction and quality of our lives and as a result we end up skipping the whole getting set properly for the tasks that we have ahead of us. Now here let, let me let me share it this way my family is is really competitive. Everyone in my family is competitive and so just to give you a couple examples of what this looks looks like one of my kids uh, will ask my wife Renee, uh, you know, if if their sibling has finished brushing their teeth yet to get ready for school in the morning, because they want to hurry up and tie their shoes so they can be the first one ready. I mean, it, everything can be turned into a competition for us. And one of the things that a- often happens on Sunday mornings is that we'll drive separately. Uh, sometimes Renee might have you know, some uh, things to do or errands to run or I'm just coming before them or they're coming before me. And, uh, and one of the things that they know, the kids know, is that when we leave to go back home, I am always going to be home first because all I do is win. And, and they know, <laughs> I, like regardless of what time we leave or where we're coming from, I'm going to end up there first. So I have one kid that always wants to ride with me because we always want to be the first first one's there. So I'm not sure where they get their competitive streak from. Um, and, and so because of this, like one of the things I've kind of taken on as a parental responsibility and as, and as a dad is they need to understand that even though there are a lot of you know, things that we can have fun with and, and be competitive about, uh, is that life, life isn't always fair. And so I, I make sure that sometimes when we're racing, you know, we get home and like, who can get to the door first? A foot race or something like that. Um, I, I make sure to cheat. Because they need to, they need, come, you know, you know, they need to know that sometimes life doesn't always work out the way that, you know, it's good for them to learn these things. And so it's a, it's a dad prerogative to do this. But you know the whole on your mark, get, set, go, you know, thing that you do before a race and that kind of thing. Well, I make sure, and this is a great, you guys can use this, take this, and you can do this with your spouse or a friend or anything like that. But when you say on your mark, you go when they're getting set. And that's how, you know, you get a few steps ahead. And it's great technique. I highly, highly recommend it. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think a lot of the goals that we set, the things that we want to accomplish in our lives, I think one of the things that we do is we tend to try to cheat and get ahead a l- just a little bit quicker and not spend the time that we need to to get set and prepare for the task before us. And so what we end up doing is we end up showing up to places and going like, this is the thing I feel like I should do, this is what everybody else is doing, this is the obligation that I have, this is the thing that I'm supposed to do, and so I'm just going to go do it. And we don't spend the time setting ourselves up for success. It's how we end up falling into the rut of the same habits and, and dealing with the same motivations that we're trying to change or should be different in our lives because of how Jesus has made us different. So chances are, for example, if your motivation to go to the d- gym is to get that Speedo body, what, what, was, nervous chuckles, I don't know what's, what's going on with that. Like at some point in your life, at some point in your life, that's not going to be enough motivation for you because there's going to be at some point in your life where it doesn't matter how often you go to the gym, you're not going to get a Speedo body. Some of us would argue that would be, always be the case. If your motivation to save money is to have more of it, and that's it. Like that, that's, that's your motivation. At some point in your life, that's not going to be motivation enough because how much money you have isn't, isn't going to be a factor that you care about in your life. If your motivation is to spend more time with family and friends because of the way that you want them to make you feel, well, you know that's not going to last. You spend time with them for Christmas. <laughs> you, you, like that doesn't always work out the way that we want it to if our motivation is to, you know, to read our Bible or to pray more, serve more, be more generous, share Jesus more, I mean, those are all amazing, great things. We should all want to do those things. Is If it's just because you're supposed to do it and you feel obligated to do it and, like, that's your only reasoning for, for, for doing it, you know, those things are just going to end up on your other to-do list that continues to gather dust that you never quite get to because you don't have enough motivation behind, the right motivation behind why you want to do those things. However, when our reasons or our resolutions are tied to the eternal life that we live in now and that we wait expectantly on as Jesus is coming again soon, and we have our hearts and minds set on the heavenly versus the earthly. The reasons, our reasons why we do what we do give us greater purpose and a greater motivation. You think about some of the best athletes that have ever existed, the people that are at the pinnacle of their sport, or, or maybe you're not big, big in the sports, and so whatever thing that floats your boat, if it's a business person, or if it's an artist, or if it's an author, or an actor, or somebody like that, the thing that sets them up apart from everyone else is not because they have this sense of obligation to do what they do and not just because they're super talented at what they do the difference between them and everyone else is their preparation it's them getting set for the task set before them is that they're planning and they're preparing they during their they're planning out their practices what they need to do how they need to approach their their task and much of that includes drowning out the noise of outside expectations and outside criticisms, and outside interests, people that want them to do what they want them to do. They have to drown all that out. And there's something so valuable to recognizing that it's not enough to simply just show up and go, but to prepare, to get set, to quiet oneself, to pause and reflect and consider, am I doing what is necessary to, to allow God to put me in the position that he wants my life to be in? Setting our hearts and minds on things above requires the rejection of the motivators of life below. And see, Paul goes on and becomes very specific as he goes through in chapter 3 and goes on to tell us that because Jesus is our life and our old self is dead and we've been raised to a new life with him, that the old habits and motivations that we've had before and maybe kind of have been swept along you know, with everyone else with culture and feel obligated to that have existed before in our lives, they must die. He says, We used to walk in sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. He says, We used to be liars, but since we have taken off our old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of, of its creator, like the, the changes that we make in our life, our motivation for doing this because of what Jesus has done for us, changes why we do what we do. The way we put off the habits of the old self is by renewing our hearts and minds with the habits of the new life in Christ that's motivated by Jesus. And so Paul continues in verses 12 through 15, and this is what he writes. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. See, as Paul is, is completing this, you know, contrasting list of who we are and who we were and who we're striving to be, it becomes very clear that there isn't space for anything on the competing list to exist with each other. And just as an athlete might pause before competition or we might take a deep breath before a meeting or we might call, you know, pause and reflect before we write an email or whatever it is that we are doing, there's a need for a prayerful and thoughtful pause, thoughtful pause for why we do what we do in our lives. The chances are is that if we can't tie our motivation for why we do what we do back to Jesus— then we're either doing it for the wrong reasons, or it's taking space up from something in our lives that will allow us to experience our life with Christ. And so whether or not you're a New Year's resolutions type of person, my encouragement to you is to take some time between now and 2019. You've got the rest of the year to do this. Plenty of time. I, just, I appreciate when you guys chuckle at stuff like that. I enjoy saying them, you know, and it just, it's a great, th- Anyway. My encouragement to you is to take some moments to get set for the new year, to create some holy space in your life, to pause and reflect and evaluate on where you've been and where you're going and where God's taking taking you, Uh, to take that breath before the new year uh, and evaluate what what this peace-filled, love-motivated life in Jesus that Paul describes might look like in your life over the coming months. Hearts and minds that are set on things above are hearts and minds that aren't simply showing up and going. They're also getting set by living out compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And one of the great things that Paul does to help the Corinthian church to understand where their motivation comes from is he's very specific about where they've been and how far Jesus has taken them and how much further he will take us if we're willing uh, to to make him the object of our resolution. And, and I've mentioned this a couple times before. One of the great things that he does there here is he's very specific with the Colossian church about the changes in their lives and what that looks like. like he doesn't just say, hey, at one point you were bad, and now you need to be gooder. He, he, no, he, he gets in very specific. And he says, at one point you used to be guided by lust and evil desires and anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language, and you lied. Like, you remember... You remember those times? And each time he says one of those things, there's somebody from that church reading that and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that was me. Like, he's probably he's probably mentioning me in this. We need to get rid of that stuff. And so we need to evaluate very specifically those old habits and those old motivations, those specific moments in your life that you know that they want to rear their head in because we are have died to that. And we're new people. We have a new self. And so we evaluate, like, do these things rear their heads where we're in that certain situation or we're having that specific conversation with our spouse or maybe when we're with that certain person or maybe, you know, when we're exposed to that certain type of, of entertainment. Whatever it might be, there are specific times and places in our lives that we need to have a plan for rejecting the old self and embracing and living out the new self. It might be as specific as, spend, you know, setting an alarm on your phone at 1.30 p.m. on a Thursday afternoon. So to remind yourself to not roll your eyes when Gary comes by your office and talks to you about his bunions. I, I mean, I get, like, I don't know if Gary has bunions or not at your office, and I get that sounds oddly specific, but Gary needs some compassion in his life. Poor Gary. It might be writing out a Bible verse on a note card and taping it up to your mirror just to remind yourself to continually affirm your family of who they are in Christ Jesus, that they are dearly loved by God, and that is where their identity comes from. It might be that specific. You might be sitting down once a week and writing a reminder reminder to yourself of where you've come from and where you're going to understand how God's will, how God will lead and guide you by the Holy Spirit to get you there. Make specific habits motivated by this desire. And this is This is where Paul again reminds us of the foundation uh, for our motivation in verse 17 in chapter 3. He says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And when you do that, when you set the tone of the quality and direction of your life based on Jesus, you might discover that you are more set for the best that is to come through Jesus than you ever knew that you could be. So one of the things that we're going to do right now is we're going to take a holy moment of of pausing and reflecting, and we're going to share in the time of communion uh, together. And we do this every week at Velocity because it reminds us that this is the foundation of our motivation for who we are and why we do what we do. That we seek to clothe ourselves with compassion and love and kindness and gentleness in how we treat each other and how we interact with the world because of who Christ is. That we take this bread and this cup and we share in that because it reminds us of the fact that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, that he died on the cross for our sins and was raised again so that we could live a brand new life. And that takes time for us to evaluate where we've been, where we're headed, and how we're focused on Jesus to get us there. Let's pray. God, um, we praise you for this time of worship. God, we ask that you remind us with your Holy Spirit. that you, um, that you have a direction for us. And that if we pause, if we reflect and evaluate how we've been doing things versus how you want to change things in our life, that uh, the quality and direction of our life can be changed by you. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice. We thank you for him giving us a new life in you. In his name we pray, amen.